0: THE FRUITS OF THE FOREST A GOOD OMEN SPOTFIG WRITTEN BY ENTANGLED NOW AND READ BY Jupp. THIS IS PART 2 OF INTO THE DEEP WOOD SUMMARY Crowley and Aziraphale returned to the part of the forest where they met for a very special picnic It's warm enough outside for Aziraphale to strip completely Something he hasn't dared to do since they met. It feels much different in the dappled sunlight, bare toes crunching in the soft grass just over the edge of their checkered red-and-white picnic blanket. Crowley hasn't been able to look away from him since they came here, a dazed look in his yellow eyes. He takes glasses and wine when a Aziraphale passes them with a laugh, though he seems too distracted to poor, much to Aziraphale's amusement. He would feel more self-conscious about being bare under the trees, but there are advantages to being loved by a whole forest, one of them being that not even a single beetle could slip into the woods without Crowley knowing about it. It's the height of the summer, but the fair is all the way over on the other side of the village today, tempting children and adults to eat toffee apples and candy floss, When goldfish, and sneak behind the rights to kiss someone they shouldn't. That means they are alone here, and will be for as long as Crowley wishes it. Ziraphy thinks it's only fair to urge his beloved to strip also, out of the clothes that suit him even less. Until he's a stretch of naked angles and warm skin, his thin fingers touching a Aziraphale as if he's something wild and beautiful. Though he's quite sure he's never been either. I can feel you more when you come here, Crowley tells him, stroking along the bend of Aziraphale's neck and down the soft round of his chest. The trailing touch is light enough to leave a pleasant shiver in its wake. Inside you, Aziraphale catches his other hand and draws it upwards to lay it against the side of his face. Crowley laughs and hums a grey the sound like summer bees through leaves. He dips to press kisses to the curve of Azirafil's jaw, his rounded cheek and his neck, his mouth lingering on the last. The edges of my body feel thinner, as if you could slip your fingers into me. He makes it sound like a dream or a memory. Touch me where no one else ever could. You do like my fingers in you, Aziraphale points out, the gentlest tease. But that's not what you mean, is it? Crowley smiles and kisses him. No. Nothing is said for a long while, as Aziraphale's fingers test the softness of Crowley's own skin, the hard angles of his joints that aren't quite human the hollows where he's just a little too smooth his nails scratch gently through the rust red hair on crowley's legs arms and chest before finally dipping to the curls that frame her soft cock can you feel me when i touch the ground he asks curiously yes crowley's eyes drift shut I can feel you when you touch the soil, when the wind ruffles your hair, when the light spreads through the leaves to rest on your skin. He draws the feel down against him. I can feel you in the morning dew and when tiny insects land on you. I can hear the way the blood in your body moves. I see you in a thousand eyes from a thousand directions. When the words finally stop, Aziraphale is clinging tight to him, hand-tangled in his hair. It sounds overwhelming to know Aziraphale so well, to feel him all around him and inside him. But it also reminds him of how very much Crowley is, of how small he'd made himself to be with Aziraphale. He can't help but wonder if part of Crowley hungers for a replay of the first time, when he was endless and fur and fangs, his body a home to birds and beetles and bats, and a soft whisper of snakes that had slid across the Aziraphale's open thighs and grasping hands. A wild thing he had been, and Aziraphale had trembled beneath him, reached for him, and loved him. Do you miss it? he asks. Crony's fingers go still in the curls of his hair. What? Aziraphale reaches up to touch the relaxed line of his mouth, watching the canopy above scatter sunlight across his face the face he'd made just for him. The first time, when you had me on the stone, the forest all around us and underneath us. Aziraphale thinks of it sometimes, how it had felt to have all his senses filled with the sounds and the smells and sensations of Crowley's vast form. Blind to everything, but full to the brim with strange magic and animal warmth. There's a moment of quiet, the leaves rustling around them. I like to see your eyes, Crowley says at last, and I think you like to see me. But you think of the beginning too? Aziraphale can feel the way the wind prickles over his skin, the creaking sigh of the trees. Crowley looks for a moment as if he's afraid to speak, afraid to admit the truth, and Aziraphale decides to be brave. I think of it too. I think of the warmth of you. The way you were shapes and textures and magic. The way the air around me tasted like wine. I remember the sound of birds and bats in your hair, reaching up into the sky. The branches of antlers in bone and wood that I gripped as you had me. Crowley wrestles him to the blanket. Drinking the last of the words from his mouth in fierce kisses, fingers threading into his hair. Saying without words how much the memory means to him, too. Zerophel, he murmurs, makes his name sound like a prayer. I think of you all the time feels slides his hands down to Crowley's narrow waist, urges him still, and watches some strange and alien emotion pass over his face. If I bind my eyes again, will you still picnic with me? Will you love me in a bed of leaves? Crowley cups his face, thumb stroking at his mouth. I will be your bed of leaves. Azerafield smiles on a fall of kisses, his hand reaching to their pile of discarded clothing, drawing Crowley's narrow, worn scarf free and holding it out to a slobber. Crawley doesn't wrap it around his eyes straight away. Instead, laying it over his hand and smoothing the other down the side of Aziraphale's face, thumb curving over his cheek, the expression on his face adoring. As if he doesn't want to render him blind just yet, indulging in one last look. I will love you like no one else can, he promises. You will never tire nor hunger and you will never go unsated while you rest here the words are strangely formal as if the recitation is important a vow made just to him elzevafiel lifts a hand and covers slender fingers with his own he lets his mouth press against the warm flesh of a palm then tips his hat and shuts his eyes. He's never trusted anyone as much as he trusts Crowley. A true force of nature, a wild, chaotic thing, always bending in his direction. He's not sure he deserves it, but he knows he is lost. The wool is soft when it settles gently across his closed eyelids, wrapped carefully twice so it blocks out the summer light, the glitter of sun through the leaves, onto the rusted treasure of Crowley's hair. I am yours, he says quietly, which is a far simpler promise than he'd made at the beginning but this time he knows better what he's promising, and he means it. He waits, though, so Crowley can reach for him first, in whatever form he pleases, whichever form he finds the most comfortable, because Zewafil knows he has many. But there's nothing of Crowley he would find unappealing, nothing he would reject from the gentlest touch of spring insects to the raw, wet heart of the primal forest. They both exist in him. They both make up the whole of them. Aziraphale is more familiar than most with the truth of the phrase Nature rat in tooth and claw. It's far from cold, though there is the beginning of a breeze rustling its way through the trees the ground is dry and warm a scatter of small ferns and moss where the trees grow denser this shaded place is theirs and theirs alone a picnic you said the voice is strange a crackling vibration as if the words were shaken out of the air, Aziraphil had almost forgotten the way it felt against his skin, and he gives a soft laugh of delight. the tangent broken for joy, hello, my lord. There's a quiet creek, and when Crowley reaches for him, he reaches back unafraid. He finds the warmth of old wood, then the soft drag of fur beneath his fingers, as if an animal curls itself around a tree. But Ziraphale knows better. He lets fingers become a hand, finds himself a spray of summer leaves and soft moss, then a spread of twitching feathers little rhyme or reason to the shapes that Crowley wears. The slow creak and whistle and chitter wavers in and out in a way that feels like happiness. Do you like to be touched like this? Aziraphale asks curiously, because he realizes that there is so much he doesn't know. Everything about Crowley is always magical and new, and he wants to know if he's doing something Crowley likes. He wants to please him so very much. Yes. The word slithers up from beneath him in a rushing hiss, all scales and enthusiasm, and it gives Aziraphyr the courage to grip him. tip his head up towards the warmth through the trees he waits for barely a second before there's a laugh or something like it something soft and fast that spills through the leaves a waterfall sound of pleasure crowley curves over him the leafy stretch of his body half shading him the sun making patterns he can feel on her skin. A tiny snap of sound is followed by the smooth give of cool fruit flesh head against his lips. Aziraphale opens his mouth instinctively, the fruit swelling as it goes in, urging his mouth wider, and when he sets his teeth to it, he finds the sweet crunch of strawberry but he knows there were no strawberries in the basket they'd brought with them, Only grapes. Where did you find a strawberry? Aziraphale says with a laugh. Did you have some growing here that I didn't see? A hum drifts down from above him, and the forest pulls in closer small animal shapes moving around him in fleeting presses of fur and scales. I made them for you. There's something soft and shy in the buzz of words. A quiet admission that feels important in a way a zebrafear doesn't quite understand. He lets the fruit come apart between his teeth, the fresh sweetness of the juice, a familiar taste at this time of year. It's perfect, he says and means it, ripe just in time for summer. A sigh moves through the trees and the touch to his body is firmer, the buzz of flying insects deeper and closer. The quiet sound of leaves being rifled through comes again, and Aziraphale feels the weight of the second fruit against his lower lip, which he opens obediently for. It's not until he's tasting the flavor on his tongue that he realizes Crowley is reaching up into himself, that the strawberries are growing from him the same way The apple must have done. Crowley is feeding him fruits from his own body. The strangeness of it only strikes him for a moment before the care in it has something in his chest squeezing hard. To offer sustenance to a beloved with the fruits of your own garden, to offer pieces you have nourished. How must that feel to an ageless creature of constant growth and seeding? To see everything that he's connected to reproducing and giving back into him as the years go on. The idea that Crowley would break off those pieces and give them to something outside of himself, out of law, Aziraphale has often worried that there are things about Crowley that he'll never understand, that they were too different. But he finds that his eyes are damp beneath the blindfold as he tips his head and opens his mouth. This time for a sharp blackberry. The juice tart on his tongue when he bites into it. Another strawberry is followed by a buzz of contentment. A drift of twig fingers across the softness of his mouth. There are strips of bark filled with water, tipped up for him to drink. And Aziraphale can't help but wonder if it streams from inside the wooden heart of him. Crowley! Aziraphale reaches for the leafy canopy he can hear above him, Fingers gentle against summer growth. You are so beautiful, he tells him, because how could he not? I can't look upon you, but I know you'll be all colors of summer. Your body the warm browns and greys of wood and fir, green leaves all around you. You will be the tan of deer and the bright red of berries and the iridescent glimmer of an insect's wing. Your eyes will be green and brown and gold, as many shades as exist in nature. A kaleidoscope of texture and colour in the sunlight. Aziraphale laughs having run out of breath. But The forest is oddly quiet for once, and he worries that he might have offended Crowley in some way, that he may have gotten it wrong somehow, and the thought is too upsetting to bear. Crowley, law, as Iwafir reaches out, I am sorry if I said something wrong. The forest around him groans and creaks, The sound of it's strained and soft, and then Crowley curls into him, rises beneath him, until he's cradled bare against fur and wood and soft moss, a blanket of feathered scales pressed to the top of his head. He's not sure he's ever felt so safe or so loved, and it swells like a weight in his chest never crowley reassures him the word whistled and thin like wind through a narrow rock as if speech as difficult i see what i am through your eyes Phil hadn't understood the word until he met crowley not really the way it breathed all around him the way it gave and took, more of one and less of the other, as the seasons drifted by. His hands lift, fingers sliding into leaves, finding the solid shapes of berries and mushrooms and nuts in the branches. Did you make a picnic for me? Eziofil asks, quietly touched beyond measure at the understanding of what that means. His answer comes in the form of shivering insect sounds and bright bird song, and there's something brief and shy about it. He hopes the stroking rub of his fingers is reassuring. He finds the strange texture of horns mixed in with the smooth threads of wood Something they living between them both. He's not sure if the living things that make up his lover are real animals, some indication of mood, or just the ever-shifting truth of him. But just in case he soothes what he finds as best as he can. I'm honored, he says. Do you want to feed me? Or would you rather I plucked for myself? There's a sharp rustle of foliage, the snap of a branch, and something large and furred slides at his bark, a press of warmth and weight. It feels confused and hungry. A little of both, Zebrafield guesses. Crowley doesn't manage a word but Jezebafé thinks he might be learning how to interpret a few of the deep forest sounds. That does sound lovely. He is going to take the trill of birdsong as something pleased and eager, hoping that he's proven right when the soft pats of fingers move over his mouth. They seem to requesting he open again, which he duly does. He's offered the softness of a mushroom, a subtle rawness to the fragile flesh, as it's delicately pressed between his lips, the smoky richness of dark wood adding to the flavor when his tongue presses to Crowley's long fingers. Then he's brought the small, rough shape of hazelnuts, their shells cracked between Crowley's claws. There's a freshness to all of it, which seems not just due to its ripeness. Something deeper and earthier. Something special in the food pulled from the heart of him. Only the richest offerings, chosen just for him. And Elzevafil reaches up for himself, searching for berries, then pulling them gently from their stems at adorn dawn where branches and tangled hair combine, hearing the quiet sigh Crowley gives in turn. "'Tell me if I take too many,' he says, because as much as part of him would like to share this repast with his lover, he doesn't want to be greedy. "'I have more than you could ever eat,' Crowley reassures him, and the way old Wood grown suggests that he'd land into a xerophile's base so he could reach higher branches. Enough for the whole forest. There are blackberries and raspberries bursting juicy and dark between his fingers. A xerophile eats them with his head tipped back letting Crowley watch as he consumes the gifts he'd grown for him, not bothering to hide his pleasure at the sweetness or the sharpness. Crowley draws him in close, his body hard wood and fur and scales against the Aziraphale's bare thighs. He's warm from the sun, smooth like a thousand hands have touched him, all the many parts of him vast and alive, spreading for miles. The stroke of a zebrafish's fingers through fragile new roots has wings flapping high above him, and he's not sure if it's a real bird or part of Crowley, part of the forest, come to life in him. He's not certain there's a difference. He'd never been so aware of every sound, of every shifting breeze, dragging his scent off to the animals of the forest. And Zivafel finds himself wondering what love smells like. Crowley breaks his own branches, feeds him red currants and small tart apples. The slow indulgence of his pressing fingers sometimes wood, sometimes scales, but always gentle, always indulgent and adoring, eager to nourish him. A handful of berries fall, bouncing on a zebra spread thighs when he leans in to kiss him, mouth wet with juice. The lips, he finds, are as changeable as the rest of him, but they purl a long sound of pleasure. I love you. fear needs Crowley to hear it, needs him to know. I love you for everything you are. He grips at smooth branches and muscle and scales. His searching fingers dripping under leaves to find the holes in Crowley's body, the softness of moss and mushrooms hidden inside some, and smooth wood and others. But Crowley creaks and clicks, as if the hidden places enjoy the unexpected touch. Zivafeel feels tiny creatures crawl and flutter across his fingers, and then smooth scales slide and twine around his wrists as they emerge to tangle and squeeze at him, before sinking back into the hole aziraphale is smiling up in the shading of leaves when he feels it the soft patter of warmth on his thighs he thinks for a moment that it's rain though there'd be not a cloud in the sky did crowley bring rain somehow some swell of emotion turning the sky dark but the liquid doesn't roll on his skin and when he touches his fingers to it, he finds it sticky, mischievous. Is it amber seeping from the cracks of him? He presses fingertips carefully to his tongue and finds that instead it's honey, and the bees he can hear moving in the air around him certainly make more sense. He lifts his hands, finding what might be classed as Crowley's face, or where the many paths converge at least. The smooth wood is tracked by slow-running streams, which he knows will be golden against a brown wood. A spill of sweetness that a zero fear leans in to kiss from hard cheeks and the strange curve of a lipless mouth. It coats his fingers, his palm the flat of his tongue, while Crowley purrs and rumbles and cranks. You will never hunger. It's a buzz of bees, a trill of A Aziraphale holds him tightly, presses sticky, honey-scented kisses wherever he can. It feels in some way more intimate to lick at Crowley's own form, to paint the hollows and cracks of him with his tongue. He can feel the stiffness of his cock, plumped and hot between them, arcing upwards in mute demand, which is an altogether different sort of hunger. But before he can ask if Crowley intends to say that as well, he's been drawing in closer, urged up onto his knees. A Aziraphale goes willingly, goes eagerly, searching for a hold in the mass of antlers and branches, his body crowlies for the tanking. His buttocks are spread by stiff, hard hands, leaving him open to the forest. There's nothing for a moment, and then a shape noses cold against him, leaving him gasping and clenching instinctively it's followed by the press of a hot tongue to the core of him slick and insistent licking over the entrance to his body in hard pulls which rock him against crowley's ever-changing form his body warms Pleasure sparking low and deep as he twitches and clenches against the wet licks and scrums of tongue. A slow determination to open him, to love him as deeply as Crawley can. Aziraphale remembers well enough how much of Crawley had claimed him the first time. It made it sweet and hot and exhilarating until even the ache come morning had been a hurt he was loath to lose he pushes back as he's urged open stretching gently the sensitive clench of flesh made warm and pink and ready crowley please please the leaves shake his waist caught in long hands as he's pulled in Settled above a slickly jutting sex that probes hot and hard against him, before preaching him, his rim stretching tight around the thickness of it. He breathes through the bone as it widens, nudging inside him, inch by inch. That sweet, stretching ache leaves him reaching out, grabbing fistfuls of fur and ferns, while Crowley purrs gentle reassurance and desire and encouragement. A zirupil is pulled down, filled in a slow burning fall as the forest comes alive with growls and whines and the deep buzzing roar of a hive. Honey spatters a thighs and his hands as he sinks down, takes everything Crowley has to give him until he's broad, trembling and panting over the living warmth of him, spread open for the desire of a whole forest. Crowley is patient with him, caressing his trembling thighs as he tips and adjusts, feels his body protest and then accept the fullness. Aziraphale moves, slowly at first, every lift and lower, making room inside him, teaching his body how to take the thick and human shape that seems to swell and shift and curve anew every time it enters him. But eventually he's rocking, working himself in slow bounces, cock stiffening again as the weight inside him rubs and presses and nudges hard against his prostate. His hands dive their way through Crowley's aspects, less shy this time about the way his thighs grip deep fur, or his hands grasp for the high arch of horns, stretching his nails through moss feeling berries scattering around him as he takes Crowley inside him, over and over. Aziraphale's muscles hurt by the time pleasure is coiling tight and deep in his belly, a desperate climb that he knows Crowley is watching from every direction. He knows the whole forest is watching the way his soft body bounces the flex of his heavy thighs, the way his cock drips and dribbles with every tight squeeze at the base of Crowley's own. He's close. He's so close, almost there. He thinks he'll hear the forest again, that he'll be the forest, that he and Crowley will be one. He wants it. He wants it so much it's a wave when it takes him a fist that uncurls inside and he comes under the eager hungry step of that heavy cock his own spilling and pulsing onto all the textures and colors and life that make up crowley's hole it doesn't stop doesn't fade away but swells again his fingers catching in fur As he clenches and gasps and shakes, the darkness behind his blindfold filled with sparks of light. He can feel everything. It's like being unraveled, being unwound and discovering that every part of him and every part of Crowley are the same living, breathing pieces of this world. Azimafel moans his way through long, impossible minutes of bliss, held in strong hands while Crowley works big and hard inside him. He floats in the rolling waves of pleasure, feeling every thumping pound against his buttocks until the rim of his anus stings hot. He lets Crowley grip his weak, trembling body, that's wooden hand spread him all the way open exposing where he's being taken so thoroughly as he's worshipped and enjoyed and used by a true force of nature the forest bends inwards leaves brush his arms and thighs all around him there's a snap and grate of wood the clatter of striking antlers and the wings of a thousand bees. The sound is deafening, and then all is silent. Aziraphale is spread on his back on the picnic blanket, not entirely sure how he got there. He's still panting and still faintly trembling as the breeze slowly cools the sweat on his skin. There are leaves in his hair, and he's sticky with crushed berries and honey. He can feel the smear of wet seed across his buttocks and thighs. A warm hand gently unknots and peels the blindfold away, the sun harsh against his closed lids. He's kissed, a slender weight tucking in beside him, curling around him narrow human fingers threading into his hair my love crowley says the rasp of his voice breathless and adoring my angel the end.